as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. I can feel it coming. It's the top pair pod. Hold on. Hey, Nikki, what's going on, buddy? I'm good. What song was that? That was in the air I'm kidding, tonight. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I oh don't yeah, duh. I'm psycho. I was about to be like, does this guy really not know what song that is? But anyway, like I said, we can feel the top pair pod in the air tonight. I'm your host. It is Eric Weinstein with me. Like I said, I already introduced him, kind of. It's Nikki, Nick Maxwell. What's up, buddy? Hey, friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm in a very musical, very happy mood, and I think you know why, and we're going to get into why in just a little bit. But first of all, you know what I got to do first? I got to do the housekeeping, where you can find us. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Audio Boom. You can find us on the homepage of the A1 Sports Network. That is a1sportsnetwork.com. You find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A1 Sports Network. The podcast is at top pair underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. I am on Instagram and Twitter at Eric Weinstein, two C's, two N's. Nick, wrap it up. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at mmaxwell01 or on Instagram at Nick J. Maxwell. Sure you can. So the reason why I'm in such uh, a fantastic mood, a happy mood, is a chipper, chipper, chipper works. Because that old bastard did it again. In case you didn't know, Baby I'm Crazy Boucher, that's another song. Um, anyway, uh, in case you didn't know, the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils hooked up again to make another trade. Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac are coming to, the, to Long Island for a 2021 first-round pick, a conditional fourth-round pick from the Islanders in 2022 as well as two members of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, A.J. Greer and Mason Jobst. So I didn't think that the New York Islanders were going to give up back-to-back first-round picks and back-to-back years, which they did last year with trading for J.G. Pajot at last year's deadline. This is a slam-dunk, grand-slam home run, in my opinion, for the New York Islanders. Because what they're planning on doing and what they want to do is win the Stanley Cup And if you win the Stanley Cup, a first-round pick doesn't matter, really. A team that's in win-now mode, a first-round pick doesn't matter. And when the Islanders lose their captain, they lose their top-line winger in Anders Lee, you bring in somebody who can lighten the load in Kyle Palmieri, a guy who scored over 25 goals in four of the last five years. He's starting to heat up a little bit, and you know he brings you more scoring, more power play help. I think he's, he's got over 50 power play goals. Um, he's, he is somebody who's going to help right away. He's somebody who's responsible in his own zone. And the one that I was surprised about was the throw-in of, I can call him a throw-in, is Travis Zajac, who, if you remember last year, did not want to waive his no trade. So Travis Zajac as well, it's more depth. It's a bottom, you know, a bottom six piece. He'll probably slide in on the third line with J.G. Pajot. And whoever they put on his wing, whether it's Wallstrom, Bavillier, Bailey, whoever. Um, Nick, I love this. I love it. As you should, friend. Okay, tell me why. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's hear it. What, what 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 are your thoughts? I mean, I just thought I just thought good overall fit, right? Like like you said, this is a guy who likes to use his speed and can just create open space for himself. 
doesn't need to have his puck on, doesn't need to have the puck on his stick all the time to make plays and, and have that sort of impact. So I think having him slide in right along that top line with Barzell, just having him kind of take care of possession and setting the tempo of the pace, of the offensive zone, and just having him set up kind of wherever he needs to, to find kind of fill space. It'll be perfect. You know, I don't think he's a carbon copy of Andrews Lee just because of, um, I think Lee is just one of those dudes who likes to play more in front of the net, whereas Paul Mary likes to find himself kind of on the outside in those soft spots within the D zone. But, I mean, goals are goals, right? Like, nobody really cares where yeah. you score them from. Doesn't matter um, how you get them as long as you get them. Yeah. You know, Paul Mary's having a little bit of a down year this year. I don't think he, I don't think he has 10 goals yet, but, I mean, he's, you're playing with, you know, guys like Jack Hughes and, and Nico Hishier and, and some of their center depth that's not – it's not going to go great. It's not going to go great in that division. Um, you know, and as far as Travis Ajak, to me, that was something where Lou definitely was like, had that in mind before he even made that deal. Right. I think he's always looking at as teams are going to start moving forward towards the playoffs. They're saying, Hey, we, we're going to need a guy that we can put on a taxi squad for the playoffs that can come off the bench, so to speak, and be impactful. Right. And I think Zajac is a guy that you could put anywhere from two to four, as far as your centerman goes, and he could just kind of do that calm and steady super job. So it, it was kind of funny, though, to me when, when Tom Fitzgerald came on today and did the press conference. And he was like, yeah, I hope I hope these guys do well. Like, I, I honestly hope the pick that we get is the 32nd overall because he wants to see he wants to see those guys win the cup, which is weird when you're talking about rivals like the Islanders and the Devils. But that just kind of shows, like, the class those guys have left on that organization, the impact that they're kind of leaving behind them. Yeah, I mean, everybody, myself included, figured that Travis Ajak was a devil for life. I mean, he he played his 1,000th game earlier this season. And, you know, maybe that's why he didn't want to waive the no trade last year, because he wanted to play his 1,000th game with the Devils. Um, it's also somebody I could very well see him re-signing with the Devils after the season, finish his career out there. But this, he said this is his best chance to win a Stanley Cup. He knows there's been some lean years in New Jersey the past few years, and you know, they're really not close to contending. He's 35. You know, Kyle Palmieri is 30. Um, they were trying to, you know, work with Kyle Palmieri on an extension. I guess they couldn't get to the right number. And, you know, it was just a, a matter of they held out um, Palmieri the other day. You know, it was just a matter of time before he got moved. And Palmieri also a Long Island boy. He's got family in my hometown, Comac, in the Hopog area. So, he knows the area. He knows what it, the Islander fans are like. Um, so uh, just just a great fit. And the best part about this, I think, is New Jersey's pay, paying half their salary. Lou's got $3 million to work with if he so chooses. So I think that's where the slam dunk is. You know, you give up the first round pick, but you get two immediate guys who can contribute in Palmieri and Zajac. You could also make a move for like a depth defenseman. I saw because, you know, after Andy Green, Thomas Hickey, you know, Andy Green and Dobson are the are the five six pair. If somebody goes down, Thomas Hickey showed that he can play. But if you don't have all that trust in Thomas Hickey, you want to make a move for a depth defenseman, I mean and this this is just because I'm gonna poke fun at Ranger fans. Detroit would take a third rounder for Mark Stahl, and they could pay half his salary, right? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the cap is going to be tricky because I, I I, don't know if somebody like Mark Stahl is on 
he just signed to Detroit, so I don't know if that's a one-year deal or not. He was just traded to Detroit, so I don't know how many years he has left on his contract. I looked already. He's got a year but, left. Yeah, but that. But I mean, to your point, yeah, like that's like Lou has this opportunity now to potentially take guys. Like, what about like Brandon Montour, or, like in Buffalo, who's having like a heater of a year since Kruger's been gone? I'll take right? Like, what about Montour. Colin Miller, who's a guy that you can easily stow on your taxi squad, who would be a great like he can play either side. He can be real physical. He's got a cannon of a shot. Um, yeah, like he's still got options here. And I think Lou, this is definitely like the reason you get jacked up about this when you're in the locker room is like, A, you don't lose any of the guys that you already love, right? You're not losing an established piece for your Islanders. And like now the message is sent like, okay, we're expected to get this shit done. So like now, you know, let's pony up, boys. Like this is us. This is on us now to go get this thing. Yeah, and, and Lou had, I think the quote of the day was from Lou. He said, with the way that the team responded after Anders Lee went down, he said, I owed it to them to make a move. And that just shows how confident Lou is with this team. He thinks they really can you know, compete, and why shouldn't he? I mean, second round two years ago, Eastern Conference Finals last year. I mean, if you're following a trend, I'm not saying it's going to happen, even though I did make a nice sizable futures bet on the New York Islanders today. Um, why wouldn't you think that they can, you know, compete for the Stanley Cup? Especially after last season, you it's a jolt of energy for these guys. And I think, again, slam dunk, I grade the trade an A for the New York Islanders. Nicely done. Thumbs up. Very nice. We like it. Um, there was also a second trade. Um, with, between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Florida Panthers, another in-division type deal, to Chicago, uh, from Florida, forward Brett Connolly, Riley Stillman, Henrik Borgstrom, his signing rights, and a 2021 seventh-round pick. And to Florida is Lucas Walmark and Lucas Carlson. There is no retained salary on either side. Nick, I'm going to let you handle this one because I was too busy with the Palmarian Zajac news to really look into this at all. Yeah, this this deal is like this deal was like generated by the computers, spit out by the computers, executed by the computers. However, you want to do it. This was something that you could tell both analytic departments had a heavy say on because these are the types of guys that analytics like they have like wet dreams over. Basically, love them absolutely. Um, I mean, somebody like Brett Connolly, I think a lot of dudes love. I mean, a former first round pick, which like when you hear that and you think Brett Connolly, you think like, wow, what a bust. But he does everything well, just nothing great, basically. And, you know, Lucas Walmart, too, is one of those guys that every team trades for at the playoff deadline, right? He's an extra power forward, can play one through four, can score a little bit, has kind of an underrated shot, in my opinion. But has really really showed me when he was with Carolina like the type of impact that he can have. Um, so it, as far as this deal goes, I think this is something where I, I'm not sure if the impact of this in the future, but right now it's kind of like a, I feel like it's kind of like a, we need a little bit of more juice in the room, so we're going to kind of mix things up because I don't really think everything – I don't really think anybody really gains anything from this trade, but I certainly don't think this is a loss for anybody regardless. Yeah, that's what I thought when I read who was involved. It's just like a lateral move for each. And I'll always like Connolly because there was that video a couple of years ago during the uh, the Cap Stanley Cup run where he was trying to get a puck to a little girl and, you know, two jerk-offs took the puck from her first and then he kept trying to flip the puck to her and she finally got one and then he had her come back to the locker room to meet everybody. So I just... 
I'll always love Brett Connolly. I love that video just because it shows how like great of a guy he is. And you know, from what I read from uh, from everybody's friends at Cap Friendly, and I'm gonna pull up the tweet here. Um, oh, sorry, no, it was Pierre LeBron. Excuse me. Uh, Connolly has two more years at three and a half million AAV. Florida frees up a little bit of cap space for that, maybe for a potential another move. And the Hawks are using their cap space to net the two young players. So, um, again, I, I think it's a lateral move for everyone. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those deals that happens. Like you said, the computer generated it. The computer loves it. The computer spat it out. And now yeah. some, some guys are on the Hawks. Some guys are on the Panthers. There's really not much to it. Yeah, I'll say this too. Like, I wonder if this is like set, trying to set them up a deal with like Seattle trying to get Connolly as like a really good third and fourth line guy, maybe a yeah. guy who can be have like some leadership because he was in college. He was a two time captain at, at BU, which is saying something because Jack Parker, when he was there, does not <laughs> does not hand out captaincy to seniors ever. <laughs> uh, um. So, I mean, it, it could be something, too, where they're trying to set stuff up with guys who can be protected and guys who can be exposed, too. So, I mean, that's that's always another part of the equation that we have to keep trying to think about as the trade's going to come in. Right, exactly. And, I mean, you say, this year you could say it's a wash. He's only got four points. But 2018-19, he had 46 points, 22 goals. I mean, he can put the puck in the net. It's just And even two years ago in the shortened season, he had 33 points in 69 games, 19 goals. I mean... This year's been kind of a wash for him, but you know if he can, you know he plays with the right guy. I mean, he can be he can be a positive effect. He can have a positive effect on a lineup, and maybe again something that you know Seattle might think about later on. So um, another, I guess, a more of a minor trade, at least to me, a minor trade that also happened last night. So uh, moving on from that, we had some. I guess well, it was funny to me and you, uh, Brandon Dubinsky. Uh, longtime Columbus Blue Jacket, former Ranger. He uh, he didn't have some great things to say about all Sidney Crosby. And I'm pulling up the tweet now. Um, let's see where is he? It's really easy to trigger people nowadays. I really it, respect. You know, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was so funny, and I don't know why Twitter isn't helping me right now. At least funny to me. Uh, da, 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 da. Sorry, talk about it first. Yeah, oh, so hey, got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Sidney Crosby have had a long time rivalry, right? Going back to when Dubinsky was first a Ranger and then a ironic time. Hang on, I lost you. Can you hear me? Am I here? I hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, Am I ahead. frozen? You're not. You're good now. Go ahead. Um, yeah, but basically they, they, they had a long-standing rivalry, and, and Dubinsky was always that guy who was responsible for trying to um, trying trying to basically have the toughest assignment of drawing the other team's best forward, right? Like he was known as a really good defensive forward. And I, I don't know if he said this unprovoked or if he just said it, but he kind of gave his opinion on who was kind of harder harder to play against, whether it was Sid or whether it was Ovechkin, I believe. Right, and it was on uh, the garbage, the Garage Beers podcast, and I have the quote here from Brandon Dubinsky. It's it's you no know, part of the quote, but this is the main thing everybody was talking about. Dubinsky said, and I quote: "Everybody wants to talk about Sid and Ovi or whatever, dude. F U C K Sid. 
I'll take Ovi every day of the week. And then he also <laughs> brought up, end quote, and then he also brought up how Sid, he whines, um, how he's a big whiner, how he's there, how he's not as good as Ovi. Ovi just goes out and plays. I mean, very funny. Like, honestly, I forgot that Brandon Dubinsky was even, like, a person. So for him to come out of the woodwork and just say, like, yeah, I hate Sid, he's a bitch, and, you know, I'll take Ovi every time. It's just, you know, because they, they did battle, like you said, with the Rangers and the Pens and the Jackets and the Pens had a couple playoff series, too. So, I mean, obviously... He did have a tweet, I think, after that, too, where he clarified. He's like, I'm not saying Sid's a bad player. Like, he's better than me in every facet of the game. Like, he wasn't trying to say he was better than Sid. He wasn't trying to say Sid was overrated. He was just saying, like, he wanted yeah, the choice. He had the choice. He wanted Ovechkin on his team rather than, rather than Sid. Yeah, I mean, and it's it was just really funny to me. And then, you know, people were, of course, going at Davinsky. And then Crosby, in typical Sid, Sid fashion, did declined to comment on what Dubinsky had to say, which, I mean, no surprise there. But just a funny little little Twitter moment that we haven't had a lot of this year, I don't think. So it's just a funny little Twitter moment to me, at least. Um, so moving on to go up to the Northwest, I'm going to go with the good news, and then we're going to go with a lot of bad news. <laughs> the good news is that Thatcher Demko got <laughs> got a nice little extension. Uh, 100% that dude deserved that. Absolutely. Love that contract for him. That is a great contract for Thatcher Demko for your young, rising goaltender. Um, he signed a five-year contract extension worth $5 million to AAV, so it's going to come out to the $25 million, as well as Tanner Pearson signed a three-year $9.75 million contract, so that's about $3.25 AAV. Two really nice extensions for two guys that obviously they see as part of their future, especially Demko. Um, Braden Holby is only signed for another year after this one, so this is pretty much giving the reins over to Thatcher Depko. Yeah, and, and, and Holby has been less than desirable. And you, you hate to see it, honestly, because he was so great for Washington for so long, and he's it's, it hasn't been great. Yeah, and and Washington looks like geniuses right now because they have two young goaltenders that are playing pretty well. And yeah, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, Vanacek in the game against the Islanders. Is, uh, two days ago, I think he had 39 saves. Yeah, um, he's uh, about, ridiculous. Yeah, just talk about just absolute solid goaltending. But yeah, I, it, it's it's a weird situation, right? Like, uh, good for Thatcher Demko, and then like as we'll talk about right now, like then all of a sudden he gets COVID, and it's like their season gets canceled. But I, I 100% agree with that decision. I think. Trying to replace Jake's, Jacob Markstrom was a much tougher task than what the Vancouver Canucks thought going into this year. I mean, Demko played really well in the bubble last year and was shaky early on, but I think worked really hard with their goaltending coach, Ian Clark, and he really found his game in the back half of the season. Yeah, he sure did. And then the Tanner Pearson signing, that was just that was announced like 30 minutes ago. So breaking news for me, Tanner Pearson. Hello. I'm just pulling up his stats real quick. Um, Tanner Pearson did not expect this. Um, yeah, this signing makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, he's got 11 points in 33 games. Um, 28 years old. I'm glad you agree with me because I don't get it either. I, I just don't know where they're going to find money to sign to give Pedersen and 
you know, Quinn Hughes and, and more money. Like, yes, they're restricted free agents, but that doesn't mean they're going to play for free. Yeah, you still have to pay these guys. And, I mean, I would expect Besser to get a contract similar to, like, the Matt Barzell bridge deal. You know, three years, seven million. Maybe it goes, like, three years, you know, five and a half, six. But it's still, they have no cap space. They have no cap space now. Um, with the signing of, you know, the signing of Demko, and now you sign, who are we talking about? Tanner Pearson. I don't know why I couldn't think of who we were talking about. Um there's there's no room. I mean, you got to sign Pedersen. You have to sign. God, Louis Erickson is still making. So he still makes four point eight. But they wish they'd have that space. Um, you know, Adam Gaudet is a restricted free agent. Quinn Hughes, like you said, I don't know if you're bringing back Alex Edler. Sounds like they're not. Um, Jace Howerluck, Mark, Mark, Mike, I guess, Nicholas, Michaels, Travis Boyd. Like, they got a lot of guys. Brandon Sutter is a UFA if you want to bring him back. I mean, there's there's guys they got to pay. I mean, they do have two more years before they got to pay uh, Brock Besser, but it, it's coming. I mean, you got to pay him sometime. Yeah, and if, and if you don't think, like, if you don't think some of these guys are going to, obviously like hockey contracts are different, right? They don't get these max, massive like max right. contracts or it's not even like they get quarterback money or anything like that. But like, even with Canadian taxes, man, these guys are going to want to get some kind of financial compensation. Yeah. I mean, and they deserve it. Like the guys we just mentioned, they deserve it. And it's, I mean, times are tough right now. Everybody's, you know, counting every nickel they have, but it's, uh, it's not great. Um, so, and with the Canucks, I mean, they have just been absolutely ravaged by COVID-19. Um, I believe as of now, more than half the team is tested positive. I think there are over 20 guys now. Um, yeah, I think I think 18. Eight, last I saw, it was like 18 or 19 of their regular roster players had COVID-19, and then three of members of their coaching staff all had COVID-19. Yeah, I have the, I have the tweet from TSN yesterday, uh, and I quote, Vancouver Canucks announced that 25 total individuals, 21 players, four members of the staff have tested positive for COVID-19, and one player is considered a, co- a close contact, obviously, because it's the whole team. And the team adds that the source in, of infection is confirmed a variant of COVID-19. And that's what's so scary about this is that, you know, the variants now are are here. And it, this is obviously a variant of the virus. And these guys might be done for the season now. I mean, Bill Daly came out and said the earliest they can even get back on the ice is like next Friday. That's just to skate. They haven't been on the ice in, you know, over a week now at least. And, you know, you got to – hockey needs to come second right now. You, you got to worry about the the health of these guys before they and the health of the teams they're going to play before they can even think about getting back on the ice. Yeah, it, 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 everything just absolutely sucks right now. And I mean, like, what can you do, right? Because even if the Canucks aren't a playoff team, all the all the games that they're going to be playing against these teams, those points matter for the other teams too, and that that still impacts you know the playoff race. So I know they already extended the deadline for. The absolute last day of the season, which I found it weird that the league didn't account for COVID to come into play and have have games rescheduled at the end of the season. But regardless, um, uh, it still looks like that we're going to start the playoffs probably at a later date now, which I think is fine. I don't really care. I don't think it will impact the start date of next year. 
but this the, this whole like variant COVID strain coming in and already infiltrating a team is scary because now all of a sudden I think teams are going to have to kind of snap their guys back into focus of saying, hey, look, if we don't want to repeat it last year when like the whole the entire world just basically was put on stop and then all of a sudden we had to do this makeshift stuff again, like you we got to be super careful, right? Like it's going to be to the ice rink and to the and to and to home. Like that's are going to be our only des- destinations, that's where we're going to be going. Right. And with and obviously with Canada and with the United States it's different. Um and every, every state is different too, obviously. I can know with New York, I know most of the Rangers got their their first, at least their first shot of the vaccine because New York opened it up 16 and older, you can get the vaccine now. So I know a bunch of the Rangers got the vaccine. I know a bunch of guys on the on the Yankees got the vaccine. So you can also see stuff like that where you'll see teams, if they, these players want to get the vaccine, it's going to be readily available to them for them to get the vaccine. So hopefully that helps. I know it's, it's a different story in Canada, of course. Um, that's why you haven't seen any fans come into the arenas in Canada yet. But... You know, it, it's it's still. It, I know it's everybody's exhausted of COVID. I know it's this is month thirteen of COVID. We hate talking about it, but we have to. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it as much as you want to hear it, but as much as you don't want to hear it. But it's it's you know it's still out there, and this is you know I didn't expect it. I thought we were past this point of teams maybe having these giant you know COVID issues. But here we are, and you know the Canucks. It's obviously you're you're hoping for you're hoping for health first, of course. You want to make sure these guys are people. You want to make sure that they're healthy before they're you know nobody's like incredibly sick. You want to make sure everybody's good before you even have them think about coming back on the ice. Yeah, I, yeah, a hundred percent. I don't. I, I'm really hoping. I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to like Canada's, you know, what their immunization rate is, but. I know in New York, I think we're at about 38%. And I think through most of the area, we're, they're at about at least 20%. So I don't, I don't, and, and again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know how much of this vaccine is, will protect against a variant strain. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to protect. I, I got a C in biology. You can't go, don't go by me. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I don't even pretend to play a doctor, so definitely don't listen to me. But it, it's just one of those things where, you know, we're just going to have to roll with the punches again through this whole thing. And we just got to hope for the best. Yeah, well said. I think that's pretty much covers COVID because you can only talk about it for so long. Okay. Um, a little, a happy story. This was something cool. Um, it was the Devils and the Sabres the other day. Um, Trace and Tice Thompson. Uh, Tice Thompson made his NHL debut the other night for the Devils against the Sabres where his brother... Trace Thompson, um, or Tage Thompson, sorry. Trace Thompson is Clay Thompson's brother who <laughs> used to play baseball. Let's restart. I'm only human. So Tage, I, was gonna, I heard you say that, and I was like, I'm just going to let him keep going. You know, I have notes on my phone, and I wrote Trace Thompson. What an idiot. Um, that, that's a minus for me. I'm sorry. That's a minus. Um, okay, so Tage... And Tice Thompson, both the son of former NHLer and current Bridgeport Sound Tigers head coach Brent Thompson. Uh, Tage, I don't know how you feel about him, but he plays for the Sabres. Uh, and Tice made his major league, major league, his NHL debut, minus two, his NHL debut the other night. And even picked up, an, I think it was a secondary assist in his NHL debut. So just a cool story. Um, I wanted to make sure I brought that up. Shout out to the Thompsons. 
because, you know, those guys obviously deserve it. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw it, but one that was really funny is there was, like, a little mini scrum by, like, the net where the goaltender covered the puck and Tage, like, bumped his little brother. And his little brother turned around like he was going to punch somebody, and that was like, oh, it's you. And it was, oh, it's <laughs> and you. And then just kind of, like, stood there and, like, grinned at him. And I was like, that would be hilarious if me and my brother ever played me. Yeah, that's just, that's so funny. Like, oh, he's like, who's behind me? And then he's his big brother. Like, that's what, like, it's moments like that that make you realize, like, you know, these guys are, like, yeah, and I, and I couldn't tell, but, like, I was looking, like, watching the video. It looked like he mouthed something, like, I'm going to tell mom or, like, something about, like, don't tell mom or something like that. Yeah, and I was just, just like, that is just the cutest thing that's happened all year. Like, two teams who were just in the in the basement of the East Division it can still have a little fun when it's your when it's your baby brother and your, and your big brother. So, shout out to the Thompson family. Um, hoping for long, successful careers for the two of them. So, moving on. Um... Trade deadline is Monday. We're recording this Thursday. Um, so, Nick, I asked you to pick three buyers and three sellers. Yep. Um, who was your first buyer? Who do you think is in a position where they're ready to go for it, much like we saw the New York Islanders do yesterday, which is why I took them off my list of buyers because they bought. Um, who do you have as your first buyer? All right, so my first buyer, they're in the North Division. I think they're currently in, like, third place. I think they have the top six forwards. I think they have the bottom six forwards. I think they have the goaltender. Just need some more D-depth and another guy, especially on the right side. I have the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets, currently, you are correct, third place in the North Division, 49 points. One point behind the Edmonton Oilers. I, I really think they're one good D man away from being a real contender for for the Stanley Cup. Uh, I just love the way their team's built. I trust Paul Maurice and that coaching staff. Connor Hollebuck can prove to carry you through a series if he needs to, but I think to, for them to take that next step and be in that next group of teams, then they need to make a move and acquire some defensemen at the deadline. Yeah, I had them on my list as well, so I won't. Uh, bring up the Winnipeg Jets. My buy, my first buyer is also in the North Division. They're currently in first place. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I hate to say it because I am not, you and I are, uh, neither of us are Leafs apologists or Leafs uh, supporters. You know, I think they got to make, they, they're one depth forward away from, I think, shoring up their their forward line. Because at the end of the day, I know he's been playing well since he's come up on, uh, since he's gotten to the team. But do you really trust Alex Galchenyuk in a playoff series? Do you really? Don't lie to me. No, I mean, no. No, I don't. <laughs> um, I mean, I know he's had kind of a resurgent season and he he. You know, he went out earlier. Do you trust Wayne Simmons, this Wayne Simmons, in a playoff series? I think it depends on what you're asking Wayne Simmons to do. Like, I think if you're just having him be the guy who stands in front of the net on the power play and plays on the third or fourth line, then yes. I think if they try that whole experiment thing where they play him on the first line, then no, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, and that's exactly why. Because, you know, God forbid, you obviously don't want this, but God forbid one of your guys, one of your big four goes out. 
You lose a guy like Zach Hyman, Ilya Mikheyev, you know, Mikheyev, Mikheyev, whatever his name is. Yeah. What, whatever. Mikheyev, you had it. You I, had I had it, it right. Yeah, I always do that. Um, but it, God forbid you lose a guy. You don't want to have to really depend on Alex Galchenyuk. So I I think they've gotten more than they could have asked for from Spezza and Joe Thornton. But I think they need just one more guy. I don't know who that guy is, but I think there's somebody, somebody just waiting there to be taken. Yeah, I, I like I like that pick. I and I like where your head's at. I mean, I think they could also use another depth guy too. You know, just somebody kind of like how, um, like they signed Bogosian that, that this year. Like, I feel like they just need somebody kind of like that to kind of just play in that five, six, seven role and just be there if needed. Like he's um, like like a Luke Glendening, like somebody like that. Just somebody yeah. like nobody spectacular. Just somebody who can kind of just shore up the bottom six. Yeah. All right, my next buyer, I have the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. And I think Boston, I think they're in fourth place in their division, but I just don't see them doing any damage unless they figure out a way to get more scoring on their team. Like, that's just a matter of fact. I don't, I don't, yes, you have arguably the best line of the league, but you're not going to win a playoff series in that division going against those teams like the Islanders and the Penguins or the, or the you know, Capitals. Uh, like that. Yeah, caps. Sorry, thank you. (laughs) Or anybody else without without having more depth. And I just don't like. I keep seeing tweets about like, oh, Don Sweeney was interested in so and so. It's like, I feel like he's been interested a lot. You ever noticed that that comes out of Boston a lot? Like, Sweeney was interested. Like Danny Ainge was really interested in making all these moves for the Celtics, but instead did nothing. Like it's always. I was also interested in making this move. Does that mean I was as close to making this trade as Don yeah. Sweeney was? You know, was? I was interested in trading a third and a fifth for Connor McDavid, but you know, I decided to not do it. <laughs> it's like it's so ridiculous. Like yeah, you, like, you do it or you don't. Nobody cares if you're interested. They want to see you do it. Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like to me, I don't know. Maybe Don Sweeney is just saying, "Hey, you know what? This just isn't our year." We're going to have to retool his core, and I don't want to have to give up future assets to do anything. And you know what? That's fine as long as you're accepting that, as long as your team is, is getting that message. But it it just doesn't look good for Boston right now. No, and especially those guys ain't getting any younger in Boston, and they got to make some decisions. Um, I would have expected them to go for it, and it just doesn't look like they do. Um, speaking of a team that's going for it, Colorado Avalanche are my next buyer. I think, and this is not a slight at their current goaltender because Philip Grubauer is playing very well this season. But he is carrying. Yeah, he is. He's on my fantasy team. Yeah, he is. He's playing very well. He is carrying a heck of a load right now in Colorado. They need a potential backup goaltender. They need to help Philip Grubauer keep him keep him fresh for you know the rest of the regular season and into the postseason. Um. You know, there's there's probably guys available. I don't know if you can pull one of the guys from Columbus. Probably not. You know, because they, they just got jo- Jonas Johansson from the Sabres. And that's not going to do it. He's, uh, you can't give, he's, I don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm going to say this, that yes, the Sabres are bad. And they had an 18-game winning streak. Having that guy in gold didn't really help do anything. 18-game <laughs> losing streak. It was an eighteen. What, yeah, it was an eighteen-game winning streak. We're having a different conversation about Buffalo Sabers, but yeah, I'm having them on the buyer list if I have an eighteen-game <laughs> yeah, winning streak. Yeah, they're they're not on my other list if we're not 
you know, if it's an 18 game win streak, but yeah, I think they need help in goal and, you know, they could always use another depth forward. Um, but I think they are definitely a buyer and they're definitely in the goaltender market. I think guys like maybe like Scott Wedgwood maybe could be had. I think maybe um, if you're really looking to pay up and you're looking to go for it, I think Merzlikens or Corpusalo maybe because who knows what's going on in Columbus. Uh, maybe a Devin Dubnik, who knows. You know, there's guys available. So it's just a matter of what you're willing to give up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my final team, I had the Panthers. And I just oh, think I they need too. defense. Ah, oh, damn it. All right, you take care. You'll do better than I did. Go ahead. <laughs> I just think they need demon, man. I, and yep. this team, they prove me wrong all year long. And I don't, I don't start Pro- off by saying that because they us wrong. I picked this team. Uh, yeah, I, I, I picked this team to finish, I think, last or second to last. or uh, Second to last or third to last. I think in that division only ahead of Detroit. And I, I just... Losing Huberto to me, I don't see them being able to go very far unless they make a big splash. Now, obviously, there's no defenseman like Rondo. Rondo, 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 Why do I keep doing that? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm not – listen, I was a minus two. You're at a minus one right now. That's like way too much pink wind you got, apparently. Yeah, must be mixing with that with that second shot you got today. Ooh. Yeah, you know, I squirted it right in the glass and chased it yeah. down. <laughs> um, yeah, so Aaron Eckblad, like, there's no defenseman on that, like the mark on the market right now. But there, you got to be able to figure out a way to recover something where maybe you're giving up a second or a third or a couple of seconds in a third, something where you can just find a way to kind of cover yourself for for the playoff run. Because I do think that if these goaltenders find their game, that they can be really dangerous come playoff time. Yeah, and. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Bobrovsky has kind of picked it up a little bit. So, um, yeah, I had playoff goaltender. Playoff goaltender. There you go. Get a hot goalie in there. Hot goalie. Um, all right, let's move on to the sellers. I'll start because the Flor- Panthers are my last buyer. Um, Columbus Blue Jackets. Boy, has the Patrick Line A trade just been a disaster. And even Rosselvik got scratched the other day. Like, it is just not working out in Columbus right now. I would be very surprised if they bring Tortorella back. He's a, his contract is up at the end of the season. Um, there's attractive pieces there. You know, the, the big question is Nick Foligno. Um, if he goes, you know, he's their captain. But they're, they're fading fast here. And I, it's another team where you could say, you know, they're, they're five points behind Nashville. And they're behind Chicago. They're in sixth place right now. You know, it might just not be the year. Um, I think there's, you know, there's guys that teams will want. You know, maybe a guy like Boone Jenner, Nick Foligno, Max Domi. I don't know how many people want him. But, like, Michael Delzato. You know, there's guys that could be had. I know David Savard is, like, the – him and Matias Ekholm. I don't know if you're getting Ekholm now. But they were, like, kind of, like, the top D guys. You know, it's – um. You know, it's just it's not working out this year, and you know maybe just kind of survive and live to live for another season, and you know move forward. So the Blue Jackets are my first seller. Okay, yeah, I, I definitely like that. I definitely agree with it. They were like on, they were in my like my extra teams, I guess that I had as backups. My first team was Calgary. I think they need to scrap it. Yeah, I really yeah. do think they need to kind of look internally and say, what are we doing here? Is this making sense? I and I think. 
they need to sell off whatever parts they can, you know, whether it be Brett Ritchie, Dylan Duve, um, you know, Sam Bennett, even at the deadline, Derek Ryan, and just kind of figure out and just kind of like figure out what their vision is in the offseason, right? Like, is Johnny Goudreau in their long term plans? Is, you know, Michael Backlund in their long term plans? They only have two years left with Giordano, and he'll be like 39, I think. Yeah, he's maybe 37. 40 by he's the end 30, of the deal. 37 right now. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know. Like, they spent a lot of money in the offseason. It clearly didn't work. Um, I, I think they just need to do strip it apart and kind of do what maybe what uh, what Ottawa did a little bit. Maybe not f- as full fledged because they have some bit longer contracts on there, but start 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 trying to embrace some draft picks and development and look towards the future. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have you know they have the goalie locked in. You know they have you know they have Michael Backlund locked in. They have Matthew Kachuk. You know, they have guys that you like there. Elias Lindholm is another guy you like. But, you know, I don't know if the Johnny Gaudreau, you know, Monaghan, it's, it's, it's not working. And I agree with you. I think they're, they, they could be a seller for sure. My second seller, uh, the Anaheim Ducks. A lot has been made of the Anaheim Ducks. It's, it's not there. It's really not. Um, you know, it's their window is firmly slammed shut and locked uh their Stanley Cup window big question is Ryan Getzlaff you know what do you do with him their captain you don't know if he wants to be a duck for life um he is a UFA big money though at 8.25 um they have guys they have a guy like Danton Heinen you could think to move um you know Ben Hutton is a UFA you know there's guy Josh Manson is another guy that people have been talking about so I think the the Anaheim Ducks are Oh, and Ricard Raquel. Totally forgot about him. Um, he's been the, the name that's kind of been dangled around the most. He's got two years left at 3.7. A year after this year, rather, at 3.7. Um, yeah, I have the Anaheim Ducks there. I think um, they are in full-blown sell mode. Yeah, uh, they were they were another team that was like in my extras. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's... The- their team's not going to be bad for long. I mean, we talked about their no, young talent. Definitely not. Trevor Zegers, uh, Jamie Drysdale. You know, they have good young players on that team right now. So it's not going to be long. I think they do it. Just get more draft capital. Try and keep refueling that farm system and just kind of full fledge ahead. All yeah. right. Yep. I my, next team is, my next team is the Preds. The Preds? <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I think they need to sell. I think they need to strip it down again. I mean, it's going to be hard because they have some awful contracts on those books, but it's just so sad seeing about seeing where this team was at this point a few years ago. And now it's just like, there's just a lot of, uh, on this team. Right. But I mean, guys like Eric Howla, who've been proven to be really good in the playoffs. Mikel Granlin is a really attractive piece. You know, people keep talking about Matias Ekholm, but even like, what about like Pecorino even as your like your third goaltender? Like right? Like wouldn't that be a good addition for to have instead of having to call up some AHL guy who yeah. like if you need be like some dude who's like you don't even know if he's actually ever gonna make it in the NHL. So they gotta do something to shake up this roster. It seems like they've shaken up everything else besides the GM. it's just I don't know. I I think they're just too far back and with you know, obviously these injuries to guys like Duchesne and Alice I just don't see this team being able to climb back in the picture. Well, they're currently fourth right now, but I would be very surprised if they stay fourth. 
Um, there's yeah. guys. There's guys you can move. There's like Mark Borietsky if you're looking for a depth defenseman. Brad Richardson. I mean, they're both on IR, but they're guys that, in theory, could be moved. Uh, Eric Holla, like you said, Granlund. I figured Granlund would be moved the day they signed him. I figured Granlund would be on another team by the trade deadline. So, um, okay, Nashville Predators. I don't know if they'll sell now that they're in the they're in a playoff spot, but. That division changes all the time. So, uh, my last team is your team, Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo Sabres, I feel like say, say. Um, I feel um, like I feel there like should be an everything must go sign on the Buffalo Saber on the the door of the uh, Key Bank Arena. Um, you know, Taylor Hall. There's no point in keeping him. See you later. Um, is Sam, are they thinking about maybe moving a guy like Sam Reinhart? Guys like Casey Middlestat. You know, teams are looking for depth like Toby Reeder, Riley Shane. You're not getting much for them, but you're not keeping them either. So you might as well, you know, tell them to take a hike. Uh, Matt Irwin, Brandon Montour. You know, there's a lot of guys here that are going to be free agents. So I don't know. I don't see a reason as to why they would keep some of these guys. Yeah, I think the, I think the only dude who's like kind of off limits, obviously, besides Ike, unless you really blow them away, it would be like their goaltender, Yomark. I lost it. It's like so to me, it's like you sign that guy for another year. You give him a full year, where this year he had the injury, where he missed about two months, and you just say, "Hey, man, like this is it. Like prove it to us if you're a goaltender, if you're our number one goaltender going forward, or you know we'll ship you out to a team that just gives us kind of the best offer." And that was about Olmark, right? Because we we kind of lost him in the middle. Yeah, sorry about you, Olmark. That's... Okay, yeah, just want to make sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, it feels like uh, like Rasmus versus the Lion has been on the trading block for as long as I can remember. Um, I know. Colin it's like Mi- Jacob Truba territory. Like yeah, that it really is. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Colin Miller is solid at a good cap hit. You know, he only makes, you know, 3.8. Uh, Brandon Montour makes 3.8. So there's teams that can fit this in. So, um, okay, who is your last seller? All right, so this is – I'm pretty sure this team is in the playoffs too, but, like – I look at this matchup right now, and I'm just like, you're not beating Colorado if you play them in the first round. So that's the Coyotes. You already lost all your draft picks. You have a ton of guys who are – not a ton of guys, but guys who are going to go into UFA that you're going to lose anyway. Why not just strip this apart and get some stuff back that you can use to kind of regenerate your farm system, right? Like, uh, I, I just think this team right now where they are, they're, they're a little bit more – I don't want to say fragile, but they're just like, they're in like that meh territory, right? Like yep. guys like Alex Goligoski would be really coveted. Derek Broussard would be coveted. Jake Drake Kajul is a skilled guy if they don't resign him, but even like Jason Demers. Yeah. I was um, about to say Jordan and, Osterley. Yeah. Like these are all guys where it's like, you could get some stuff for them, right? Whether it be like third, fourth round picks and they just need all the kind of the, they need all the uh, the assets that they can they can pile up right now to kind of rebuild this team. Yeah, for sure. Um, they definitely need some help. Um, and I I agree. I think they should sell. I know they they probably want to keep a guy like Connor Garland, and they got to shed a little cap to keep him. So um, yeah, I could see definitely could see Broussard moving. Could definitely see um, you know Goligoski or Demers or Osterley. Ilya Labushkin, like there's guys that could be moved. So yeah, I could see the Coyotes selling for sure because they're they're not beating Colorado. There's there's no way. You saw it last year in the playoffs. I mean, Colorado absolutely obliterated them. 
So I would be very surprised. Um, and, and also, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe Arizona wants some playoff revenue. Who knows? People lost a lot of money. So, um, so let me ask you: Did you get a geek stat of the week or no? I did not. I, I failed on that one again this week. It's okay because I have this day in hockey history, so that's fine. Um, we'll get you back on the geek stat of the week next week. That's okay. It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, couple weeks. So I had it up. Um. It's an Islander stat, let me tell you. Um, why can't I fucking find it? Oh, here it is. It's about one of the greatest defensemen of all time, an Islanders Hall of Famer, uh, Dennis Potvin. Uh, he had two shorthanded goals against the Kings in the first period. And that set the NHL record for shorthanded playoff goals. In, in one period. So that was on this day in 1980. And on this day in 1981, the New York Islanders scored nine goals against Toronto in the playoffs. Oof. Oof. Yuck. So that is my this day in hockey history. Nick, I think we could put a bow on this puppy. So why don't you go ahead with any closing thoughts, anything you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Stay tuned. Next episode, we'll actually be breaking down the rest of the trade deadline. Any yeah, trades, minor or major that happened. We'll also probably be talking about Stan Bowman Woo-hoo. getting the USA general manager job the next Olympics. Yeah, not 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 thrilled, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a thing that's happening. So um, we can wrap it up with that. Stan Bowman, boo! I'm Eric. He's Nick. We're your top pair. We'll see you guys.